Well, let's start in Mark 11. <laughs> Is it tiny? It's tiny. Six. She's not listening. We get attached to these things, don't we? Betsy. 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 Yeah, sorry. How can you read that? That's so tiny. I'm, I'm wearing large glasses. I'm wearing glasses. I'm wearing glasses. I'm wearing I'm not good enough for that thing. <laughs> Mark 11:22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So according to Jesus, saying is required to having faith in God, speaking. Jesus said you can say something and believe that what you say is coming to pass, and it will come to pass in your life. So in these two verses, um, we see that there are two conditions to receive whatever you say, believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. Believing in your heart that what you say will come to pass. This is why we need to be selective about what we say because we believe that whatever we say is going to come to pass and we have to say the thing that we are believing in order for the thing we're believing to happen. 2 Corinthians 4.13, Paul also talks about faith that believes and speaks. He said, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. This is how we got born again. This is how we get healed. This is how we get filled with the Spirit. This is how we get prosperous. We not only have to believe God's Word, we also have to believe in the importance of our words. And it's obvious that most Christians do not believe that they have what they say because of the way that they talk. Most Christians don't believe that what they say is important. And people who don't understand this principle are quick to ridicule and mock us because they do not understand the they don't understand the principle of faith for one thing and they don't understand the importance of what they say. So, we need to remind ourselves from time to time about the importance of our words and the plan of God in our life. So in verse 23, Jesus says, uh, 
he's in verse 23 he's talking about saying and in verse 24 he's talking about praying so he he mentions saying more than he does praying so once you pray a prayer petition and you believe you receive it what you say after you pray must be in agreement with what you prayed. So words are not just to communicate feelings and opinions and ideas. Words are also uh, for creating, creation. We're to take our words and God's word and create a life of blessing, health, and victory here on earth. Faith is, is when you decide to take God at his word with no other evidence. Faith is when you decide to take God at his word with no other evidence. And really that's just a basic yes. uh, definition. One of the primary ways to be a doer of the word is to speak God's word consistently over your life. And Satan deceives people so that they cannot connect the dots between what they say and what they have. And uh, often this, uh, the way this deception works is because what they say doesn't usually immediately happen. If they spoke something negative and wham, it immediately happened, they would connect Ooh, I just said that five minutes ago. They would be able to connect the dots, but because uh, what they say accumulates over time and then later down the line it comes to pass and they've totally forgotten about what they've been saying for years or months in the past. So uh, we need to be selective with our words and not have a loose mouth. We can't just talk junk that we don't mean and then turn around and say something in faith. It won't come to pass because your heart doesn't believe it, because, because you've been used to, to saying things that you, you don't believe are going to come to pass, and then you can't just instantly make a switch and say, okay, now I'm going to say this, and it's going to come to pass. So let's say this together. I believe in the words of Jesus. I believe in the words of Jesus. I believe in Mark 11:23. I only say what I want to come to pass. Amen. So when we do this, we're training our spirit to only uh, believe that we mean every word that we say. Uh, in James 3, we're going to turn there later, but he compares your mouth to the rudder on a ship. Or today we would, stay, we would say the, the steering wheel on a car. So there are Christians that keep saying, I'm sick, and then they wonder why they never get healed. They say, I'm this, I'm that, I don't have this, I don't have that, and they wonder why they keep getting the same outcome. So our mouth is the steering wheel of our life. And if our circumstances are not going the direction we need them to go, we just need to turn the steering wheel. Amen? Amen. So we can all slip up, um, and we should just be on the lookout uh, to recognize, you know, when we've said something we shouldn't. And some of you people have health 
you got Frank and Barbara, you can help each other. Uh, you know, when you say something negative, you yes. say, do you really want that to come to pass? Yes. <laughs> you that are married, you got helpers to help you recognize when you slip up. Betsy and I, we just have to rely on the Holy Spirit to, <laughs> to bring to our remembrance that uh, no, we don't really want we don't really want that. Amen. So we correct it when 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 we recognize we just said something we don't want to come to pass. Just correct it. Amen. No, I didn't mean that. I take those words back. I command them to fall to the ground and die, powerless, helpless, and ineffective to come to pass in Jesus' yes. name. Amen. I'm getting stronger. I'm coming out. I always have favor. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So when you catch yourself saying something like that and you correct it and, and you s declare what you desire, then you know you're making progress and you're growing. That's a good sign of growth, amen? You're growing, you're making progress. So like God, we have the ability to create and we have the ability to destroy with our words. Some things need to be destroyed. Cancer, tumors, can be destroyed with faith-filled words. Debts can be destroyed with faith-filled words. There have been times when I've taken like, uh, I had a bill, an, an unexpected bill or something come, and I'd put it on the floor and I would say, I command you to be dissolved. I render you powerless, helpless, ineffective. You cease to desist. You be gone in Jesus' name. And I'm telling you, it has never failed, ever. That thing went. Now, it may have taken a few weeks or months, but it either just went, and that was the end of it, or I had the money to pay for it. But most of the time, it just went. And it just went. And uh, it was either a mistake or something. But it works. I've done that several times. So put that thing on the floor and you speak to it. Amen. Hallelujah. Speak to your body. Hallelujah. Amen. So even if you don't believe it yet, just say it till faith comes. Just keep saying it till faith comes. And you'll get to the place where you do believe it. It'll get down in your heart and you know that you know it's going to come to pass. Amen. So what if you said, my body is whole and strong from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet? What if you said that all the time? I, I, I think I told you once about the lady uh, who came to Norval Hayes and she'd only been given a few months to live. And he said, lady, you can, if you get a hold of your mouth and your heart, you can live. And she went home and she pulled down the curtains and closed the door and she canceled all of her appointments and she didn't let really anybody come see her hardly. And she started confessing, cancer, you're not going to kill me. I'm going to live. I will not die. Uh, and she said that all day long. She just kept saying, she didn't have anything else to do. Well, she could have had other things else to do, but she didn't do anything else. And she just kept saying, cancer, you can't kill me. And uh, she lived. She lived. She, she overcame it. But, uh, you know, it, it takes, you got to be serious. You know, you got to be serious. Amen. <coughs> but she got it down in her heart, and it just, those words just drove it out. Those words just drove it out of her body. So, so let's say this together. Things go well for me. 
I have great favor. People just look at me and like me. And they want to do something for me. They don't even know why. Things just flow for me. Amen. So what if you said that all the time and you didn't doubt it? But you believed what you said would come to pass according to Jesus. Amen. It will start happening. Yes. It will start happening. Amen. Yes. And and you'll and people will do things for you and they'll give you things and and um, you know, you say, you know, where did that come from? Well, we know where it comes from. Amen. Praise God. Watch out for phrases like "I always" and "I never." Watch for that. Because what the words that you put after those words, uh, they, they could be either good for you or they could be bad for you. So be, be cautious about uh, what you put after those words because you want it to be something good that you want to happen to you. I, al I always have favor. I always get the, the best uh, pay rise. I always get the best parking place. I always... Uh, you know, have favor everywhere I go. Amen. So, so always make it something that you want. Or you say, I will never be in a car wreck. I will never be in an accident. I will never, uh, you know, be killed by an accident or whatever. So, someone said to me that you shouldn't say that either because sometimes that's what Dodie Austin said. She said, I'll never get cancer. And then she did. They said you shouldn't say I should never because then you're putting... Still, you're thinking about that. Mm. That's what they, because that's why they said they think oh, Dodie Austin got it because she kept saying I'll never get cancer. Oh, well, that's a. No, I didn't know she was always saying that. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm not saying you should say that every day, but you, you, uh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be, you should say the opposite of what you desire. Yeah. You, it's not something you desire. So, um, you know, yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Because when she gave a testimony, apparently that's what she said. Right. I mean, yeah, you, you, it's, it's kind of like, um, I mean, why would you spend your time doing that? You know what I mean? I mean, you, you can, I don't, I'm not saying you spend all your time making confessions, reverse, kind of reverse confessions. But um, it's, it's not something that you are expecting to happen. You know, you, you're, you're not, you're not, you're kind of saying that in the end, you, you kind of come to a point where you expect it to happen. Yeah, because your mind is focused. <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're focused, yeah. Um, and you could say it in fear. Yeah, you could, you could make, you could say these kind of confessions and just do it in fear. And if you're just doing it in fear, then you can be opening the door for something there. If you're, depends on whether you're saying it in faith or in fear, I think. But yeah, some people uh, kind of make uh, a so-called positive confession, but it's not really coming out of a heart of faith. It could just be out of fear, you know, that they're saying that. So yeah, I, there, there it is a point, yeah. I see what you're saying, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So don't say, I always get the flu. 
Say, I always have favor. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, Watch out when you say uh, my allergies, my arthritis, my so-and-so. Eradicate that from your vocabulary. It's not yours. Don't claim it. You know, you hear people say, oh, this just runs in my family. Well, it can stop with you. Amen. It can stop with you. you. You run it out of your family. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. It's not going any farther. You say, devil, this may, my uncle may have had it, my father may have had it, but it's not, I'm not having it, and it's not coming on my kids or grand. This is the end of the line. In Jesus' name, amen. The DNA of Jesus. Yes, yes, the DNA of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, be, be uh, on the lookout for... You know, I can't eat certain things. Uh, I, you know, I'll break out in a rash or something like that. Be, um, be on the lookout for that. So be selective in your words. Begin to change your immune system, your joints, your blood pressure. Your body will obey you. Yes. Amen. And I, I, when I get to work every morning, I go get out that little Charles Caps book, and I have certain I say okay it's time to take my medicine and I start my blood pressure is 120 over 80 I speak to the bones and joints of my body and I call you normal in Jesus name and there's certain you know I just think I'm taking my medicine you know and I'm not doing it in fear but I'm just speaking life I'm speaking life to my body my organs and cells and tissues amen So James 3 tells us when you change what you are saying, you can change your life. And this is not just positive thinking. This is not mind over matter. This is word of God over all matter. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's say this together. According to the Bible, I can control my life with my mouth. Amen. Now, Proverbs um, 18.21, we won't turn there, but you're probably all familiar with that. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The Amplified Bible says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. Uh, I like the word, uh, I mean the message translation. It says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit, you choose. So I like that one, you choose. We get to choose the words that we speak. That's really what makes us different from animals. You know, God, God created man a speaking spirit. And animals don't have the right to, to, to choose words like we do. So your tongue has something to do with living and dying. And your words set the, the cornerstone for your life. Um, Let's turn to Numbers chapter 20. Proverbs, excuse me. 
This is Numbers 20. Uh, we were in Proverbs 18, but this is Numbers 20. Verse uh, 7. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather the, thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts to drink. Verse 11. And Moses lifted up his hand, and he spoke to the rock. Is that what he did? God just said, speak to the rock. Gather the people together and speak to the rock, and water will come out. Is that what he did? Verse 11. And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock. He, he hit the rock. Jesus, God said speak to it. He didn't speak to it. He took his rod and he hit the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly and the congregation drank and their beast also. Moses did not, he was disobedient. He did not do what God told him to do. God told him to speak to the rock and he hit it with his rod. God wanted to demonstrate the power of the spoken word to the Israelites, and Moses did not do it. Now, on a previous occasion, in uh, Exodus 17, Moses hit the rock with the rod, and water came out. So he thought, well, I did it before. I'll just do it again. <laughs> you know, it worked the first time. I'll do it again. But God did not say, hit the rock with a baseball bat and the water will come out. He said, speak to it. God instructed him to speak to the rock for two reasons. Yes. To take him to his destiny in the promised land and also to create what they needed, which was water. But God wanted to do it in a way that that he was demonstrating the power of the spoken word, and they knew it would be God. I mean, they knew this was going to be God anyway because they're out in the desert with no water. But his failure to speak to that rock kept him out of his destiny. This is why Moses was not allowed to enter the promised land because on this occasion where he disobeyed God. In the New Testament, what did Jesus say to do to the mountain if you need to move it? Speak to it. Amen. Speak to it. So one of the principles of faith you have to apply in healing is to get into agreement with God. And this is not just mentally agreeing that the Bible's true, but the way you get into agreement with God is to say what he says and act like it's true. Now, uh, we know 1 Peter 2.24, and uh, I'll read the whole. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who his own self bare our sins in his body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were 
healed. So is that past, present, or future? Ye were healed. Past. That's past tense. Now this verse is a reference to Isaiah 53 where uh, Isaiah spoke prophetically when he says, uh, you know, he uh, took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses and so forth. And by his stripes or by his wounds, you are healed. He was speaking before the cross, looking in the future at what Jesus was going to take on the cross for us. And Peter is looking back at the cross now, and he's saying, you were healed. And if you were healed, you are healed because of what Jesus has already done. Now, some people um, might say, well, I can't believe something that I don't see yet. Well, people do it in the negative all the time. They, they believe, you know, uh, they're taking a cold or they believe, uh, you know, something negative is going to happen to them or they believe the worst. They haven't seen it come to pass yet, but they're already believing it. So, so people, you, you can do it. People can believe what they don't see, but it's just a whole lot easier to do it on the negative side, and it's much more common on the negative side. And all you got to do is just turn it around on God's Word. The, the Word is really the, the foundation. In order to agree with God that you are healed, then you can't agree with the devil by speaking your circumstances. When you operate in faith, you are not dealing with the unknown. You are dealing with the unseen. You're not dealing with the unknown. You're just dealing with the not seen. And I think it's over in 2 Corinthians 4. It says, you know, the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Amen. So whatever we see our circumstances, we can see that means they're temporary, and they are subject to change. Whatever we see in the natural is not permanent. It's not eternal. It, that is subject to change by God's Word. So I'm not saying to pretend that you don't have pain or symptoms. I'm not saying that. Denying that you're sick won't make you well. Denying, you know, that people are in debt or something, that, that doesn't make... Uh, that doesn't get you out of debt. Just denying or, or, you know, that you're not in debt or denying that you're sick won't make you well. But your situation does not change the Word of God. And what will change your situation is when you get your words lined up with the Word of God. God can't get into agreement with you if all you talk about is your circumstances and your poor health. Because God's not talking defeat and sickness and lack and so forth. Uh, Hebrews 3.1, you don't have to turn there, but um, I'll turn there quickly. I had it marked. Hebrews 3.1 says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling... Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession or our confession, Christ Jesus. So Jesus is the high priest of your words when you are speaking in agreement with his word. 
and part of his present-day ministry as high priest is to carry out your confession of God's word. So that's one of, one of the benefits of speaking the word is that Jesus is the high priest over our confession, and he's, uh, he's backing it up. He's saying, Father, they're speaking your word. They're speaking your word. 99% of Christians are not speaking God's word about their circumstances. They are speaking something else. Not only does Jesus hear what we say, but also the angels hear what we say. Our angels here, Hebrews 1.14 says, talking about the angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? So our angels have been sent to minister for us. And as long as we're speaking the word of God, we're keeping them busy working for us. But as soon as we start saying things contrary to the word, they just have to stop. Cause, cause, uh, uh, and I'll show you why. Um, I'll show you why. Psalm 103. Psalm 103.20 says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Yes. So as long as we're speaking God's word, the angels have something to work with. And, when, and, and they're working behind the scenes. See, they're working behind the scenes. We can't see them. That's why we have faith that they are working. Amen? It takes faith to, to believe these things and to believe what God's Word says about them because we, we're, we don't see behind the scenes. That's why it takes faith. So when you're speaking God's Word, not only does God hear, not only does the devil hear, but the angels also hear. And their job is to bring it to pass. Uh, like you've heard Charles Cap say, don't call the dog when you want the cat. You can't talk sickness and expect to get healing. Psalm 107, 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Let the weak say Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So even though we have been redeemed from the curse, we've been redeemed from sickness and disease and lack, we still have to say it. It's not just automatic. We still have to say it for it to do us any good. Uh, Ephesians 4, 29 and 30. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that they may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Um, Luke 17, 6. That's another good one. Luke 17, 6. Where the apostles came to Jesus and they said, Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, 
you might say to the sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Amen. So your body is listening to you. You enforce God's word in your body by saying it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. There's some statistics I found on words. What you say, um, the average person spends one-fifth of their life talking. That equals 13 years of their life. What you say in that one-fifth of your life sets the cornerstone for the rest of your life. And it determines the quality and the quantity of your life. Uh, Matthew 12. You can write that one down. Matthew 12, 34. O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever you get in, in your heart in abundance, that's what's going to come out. That's another reason why speak, confessing the word is so important. Because we want it in their abundance. So that when uh, pressure comes or something unexpected comes, the first thing that comes out is the word and not something else. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, Brother Copeland talks a lot about first words. You know, when something unexpected happens or a crisis, the first words that come out of your mouth are very important, you know. And they talked about, uh, you know, Kelly, his daughter, talked about when her daughter had woke up in the Christmas morning with meningitis. And uh, they took her to the hospital and they, you know, her... I didn't get a good report at all. And she didn't say anything for a few minutes. She just got herself together before she said anything uh, because she knew the first words that she spoke were going to be important. Uh, and I think she just said, I refuse to fear. You know, I just refuse to take that report. I refuse to fear. And, um, you know, I, I only believe. So, so praise God. The first, first words are important. This is why it's good to have the word already in your heart. Have it in there during the good times. This is why it's important to put the word in there in the good times so that when something unexpected comes up, it's already in there and it just comes out of your mouth. Amen. It comes out of your spirit. So this tells us, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. So this tells us that our heart and our mouth are connected. Spoken words program your heart to success or defeat, sickness or wellness. So don't joke about your health either. Don't tell. Don't use your health as a as a platform for telling jokes. Mm -hmm. Psalm forty-five, one. Psalm forty-five, one. Says, "My heart is inditing a good matter. 
I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. My tongue is a pen of a ready writer. So what we speak, that's, that's writing on the tablet of our heart. Yeah. Our, what we say with our tongue, our mouth, that's writing on our spirit. Amen. They write your destiny for good health or poor health. So use your words to write a divine prescription for good health. Proverbs 15.4 A gentle tongue with its healing power is a tree of life, but willful contrariness in it breaks down the spirit. Proverbs 12.18 There are those who speak rashly, like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 13.3, he who guards his mouth keeps his life, but he who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Amen. Let's, um, let's go to James 3. I wanted to get to there. James 3, verse 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect or mature man and able also to bridle the whole body. Now, in the King James, it uses the word offend. Uh, in the Amplified Bible, it says stumble. I think if any man uh, uh, doesn't stumble in what he says, uh, the same is a mature man, able to bring his whole nature into obedience. So there's a connection between your words and your body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be great, and are driven by fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. So a bit uh, is a small piece of metal, you know, that goes in a horse's mouth. And you, with that little piece of metal, you can turn that horse wherever you want it to go. The rudder on a huge ship turns that ship wherever the captain desires. And we are the captain of our ship. Amen? Yeah. We're, we're behind the steering wheel, and we can turn that car wherever we want to go. Verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindles. So it only takes a tiny match to burn a whole forest down. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. Well, we can, we can use our tongue for good. Amen? Here he's using it, talking about how the tongue is uh, used in a negative way to bring destruction. 
but that he's just trying to show how powerful such a small thing is. But we can turn it around. We're the driver. We're in the driver's seat. We can, we can turn uh, our life around by speaking God's word instead of just speaking out of our emotions or according to our circumstances. This is in agreement with Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. It's all over the Bible. How did Jesus talk? He only spoke things that were in agreement with God and his word. He didn't go around just talking about how he felt or giving, you know, just wanting to know, I just want you to know how I feel. He, he only said words that were in agreement with God. He said, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father do. So we don't need to uh, go around saying, you know, my feet are killing me. Uh, that thrilled me to death and all this kind of talk. We can just be thrilled. We don't have to be thrilled to death. We can just be thrilled. Amen? <laughs> So it, when you listen to people talk, you notice how often they use the word death and, and uh, you know, destructive words. Um, so James says our words can change our immune system for better or worse. Your words can be a blessing to you or they can be a curse. Now I came across uh, an article in some of my study and this came this is from a publication called wellness report how to be a healthy specimen by dr carl sandberg and apparently he's from arkansas which is my home state but he says to be healthy it is imperative that you believe you're healthy or soon will be it is almost impossible to be healthy if you think you're sick or if you think you're going to be sick. Your defense against illness starts in your mind. Your mind directs the healing activities of the body through nerve impulses, through circulating chemicals in the bloodstream. Well, I think your spirit is also... Um, part of your defense system too. Researchers have found that your white blood cells have little receptors on them so that your brain can tell them what to do. This is one of the reasons to use pain medication very sparsely. Pain medication fools the brain into thinking that there's no problem. So the brain fails to direct the healing process properly. If you believe you're going to be well, you're much more likely to do the things that will result in wellness, both consciously and subconsciously. On the flip side of this, if you believe you're going to be sick, you'll think, see, and say things that will cause you to be sick. In other words, you're going to have what you say. Much of our activity throughout each day is directed by the brain on a subconscious level. When we believe in our wellness, the brain works toward wellness in many ways that we are completely unaware of. On the other hand, if we believe in our sickness, our brain simply ignores many healing activities. This subconscious neurological programming of the body 
is the whole basis of voodoo. When people believe they're going to get sick, they get sick and even die. So, very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So, they're just confirming what the Bible says, basically. Amen. Proverbs 10.31, the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable. Proverbs 13.3, he who guards his mouth keeps his life. And this is why confession of God's word is so important. It literally builds your immune system. Uh, God's supernatural defense against disease process that would try to set itself up. So, like I said, start when you're well. It's the language that your body understands and is waiting to hear. Amen. And your body will respond to any words, good or bad. There's a direct connection between the words you speak and the quality of life you have and how long you live. Amen? So, Paul, one question is, why is there there's quite a few people that always confessed and then they still didn't, the healing didn't manifest? Let me finish and we'll okay. talk about that, okay. There's a direct connection between the words you speak and the quality of life you have and, and how long you live. Uh, you know, there are people that say, well, uh, when your time's up, it's up. You know, God's got your number. When your number comes up, that's it. That's baloney. That is, that is not what we just spent an hour talking about. God has already appointed to man 120 years. And people want to put everything off. They think they can say anything, any old thing they want to say, live any old way they want to live. Uh, and it's all up to God. That's something else that they all throw over onto God. Well, it's up to God how long I live. No, we've just seen in Proverbs. There's a lot of things we can do to lengthen our life, and there's a lot of things you can do to shorten your life. So we're, we're in the process of lengthening our life. Amen? Amen. Proverbs, uh, 1 Peter 3.10. His prescription for living long and living strong. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise Amen. Amen. There's something else I wanted us to all say together here. Amen. Praise God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of a faith God. I have faith. I live by faith. I speak faith words. And those words come to pass in my life. I'm getting stronger physically, spiritually, mentally, financially. I'm getting closer to God. I'm increasing in revelation. I'm increasing in anointing. I'm increasing in the wisdom of God. I'm increasing in money. I will do the whole plan of God for my life. Nothing will hold me back. No man will prevent me. No man will stop me. I will not be bound up with sickness and disease. I will not be held back by lack. 
God is making me a mighty man and or woman of power and glory. So whether you're a man or you're a woman, God is making you a mighty man or a mighty woman of his power and glory. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.